0: morning. Amen. It's good to see you in church this morning. How many is glad to be here? Amen. Well, a couple of you are. I believe you all are. We just want to welcome you to church this morning. And how many knows we are here for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Just turn around and wave at him and say, you know what? We're going to lift our hands in the sanctuary today. and you haven't got the answer yet. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that again. How many has been praying for something? Uh, something maybe you've been praying for a couple days. Maybe you've been praying for a long time, but you haven't got that answer yet. I think everybody here this morning has got something on your heart, on your mind. But you know what? We serve a great God, and you hold on. You keep praying, because we're going to see a victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, that's what I said. You hold on. You keep praying. We're going to see a victory, hallelujah. The weapon may
1: be formed, but it won't prosper. That's right. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. No, it won't. Because the God I serve knows only how to try. And my God, He can never fail.
2: out you believe by faith that your victory's on the way amen can you say amen that you believe by faith that not only your victory but say victories. Uh, victories victories how many of you some of you need not just one victory you need more than one victory you need some victories and I believe it's coming our way amen turn around and tell your neighbor you love them wave at them this morning and uh, I, I don't know about you but But I believe we're going to be stronger people than ever before when we come out of this mess. Amen? I believe we're going to be able to minister greater than we've ever ministered before. And uh, I just believe God's got... How many of you believe God's got great things ahead? Amen. We focus too much on the negative, don't we? I believe God has got great things ahead. Let's jump into the uh, sermon this morning. I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, let's say it together, it's not over. Come on, let's say it again. It's not over. It's not over. How many would say this COVID stuff is just, just, just stirred up just a lot of stuff? It's this, and and then it's uh, then it's that, and then you hear about this, and then you hear about uh, that, and then there's things that you had great hopes for this year uh, that those hopes have. Fell uh, through. You just feel like it's not going to happen. Uh, you start going to you start going to this place was open, and now this place is closed. So you decide to go to this place. Upon uh, upon all top of that, you maybe you're here, and uh, it has anything to do with the COVID. But you've gone to the doctor, and uh, uh, the doctors give you uh, this report. Uh, you, you, you give up on, you give up on this and thinking, God, there's no way that this can, can happen. You pray to hear the voice of, and some of you I'm sure is like this, you pray to hear the voice of God and you hear the voice of God on a certain situation and you share that with somebody and they don't feel like you've heard the voice of God. So you got all of this other stuff going on in your life. Uh, you had high hopes for this year. And look what has happened. But I want to say it is not over yet. Doesn't matter what you're facing in your life at this moment. It is not over yet. I'm going to grab a little story out of the New Testament in John chapter 11. And just a few little verses here. Verse 1 through 4. And it says says this. Now a man named Lazarus. Was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with his, her hair. So the sisters together sent word to Jesus Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory, God's glory, that God's Son may be glorified through this. Say again, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I don't know how many of you love sports, but I love about any type of sports. And I love to watch a team that is called the underdog. And to watch them, especially in college basketball, to to watch them go through the first, second, and third quarter, and even into some of the fourth quarter, way behind, to watch them come back and win the game. How many of you like a good comeback? How many of you like a good uh, comeback? Uh, I want to give you just a few things that I feel like that we lose hope on when we focus on these things. Look at your neighbor way a little ways away and say, it's not over. We focus on these three things that make us lose hope in our life with whatever we're going through. And number one, it takes me back to sports. We focus on the scoreboard too much. What does the the scoreboard say in my life about this certain situation? What What did the doctor say? What did the doctor's report say that was happening about this situation in our life? And then we... We, uh, we get on the computer, what did the, what did the computer say about what's going on uh, about this certain situation? So we're, we look at the scoreboard. How many of you have ever been at a game, uh, a basketball game, football game, baseball game, and you're always constantly looking at the scoreboard? And you look at the scoreboard and your team is behind and you keep, it keeps going over in your mind. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter. I keep looking at the scoreboard. Are they ever going to catch up? Because about the third top of the third quarter, I'm thinking if we don't soon get it together, we're going to lose. If we don't see soon make this happen, coach, we're going to lose. And this is like at the top of the third quarter. But then, little by little by little, it looks like they start gaining and I start getting my hope back. One of the reasons that I feel like that we lose hope, we focus too much on the scoreboard. Our marriage is over. It's going down here. hill, we hear. I, I, I don't love you anymore, so we say, it's over. Our jobs look like it's over. The bills are stacking up. Uh, we're never going to get out of debt, so we say... It's over. The doctor says, my health looks bad. We say, it's over. Your family's acting a little crazy, and one of them says, I'm moving out, so we say, it's over. Our best friend just don't care anymore, and we feel abandoned, so we say, it's over. Our dream feels like that it's going downhill and going nowhere, and so we say, it's over. We start believing our impact is over. We start believing our ministry is over. Why? Because we keep looking at the scoreboard. How many times have I once again looked at the scoreboard at a game and said it's over? So what scoreboard are you looking at in your life and saying it's over? Uh, I put down, is it your marriage, is it your finances, is it your health, Uh, is it your ministry, Uh, is it your job, is it your family, is it the election coming up, and you're saying to yourself, this certain situation in my life, it's just over. Focusing too much on what the scoreboard is telling me that it's over. The second thing I wrote down that we lose hope in because people that we listen to sometimes always is speaking negative things into our life. Some people are just negative people. You have five conversations with them and the four out of five is negative. As I read in this story about Mary and Martha, I picked up something in this story. I picked up how she had a negative tone when she kept looking at the scoreboard. Listen to, listen to Martha's voice. She says, uh, Come on, Lord, if, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. If you would have came when I first called you, Lord... My brother would have still been alive. But since you decide to just show up late, Lord, my brother now is dead. Martha, or Mary and Martha, is standing right beside of the miracle worker. And listen to the tone of her negativity and she's standing right beside of the miracle worker. She's st- standing right beside of the, uh, the one who healed the blind man. She's standing right beside of the man from Galilee. She's standing right beside of the one who calms the storms when he was with the disciples. She's standing right beside Jesus himself, the resurrection, and the life, and standing right beside him, she starts to talk negative. Why are some people so hopeful all the time? It could be that they're hanging out with people that are hopeful. Why is it some people uh, negative all the time? Could it be that they're hanging out with a lot of negative people Proverbs 13:20 puts it this way Spend time with the wise and you'll become wise But the friends of fools will suffer I like this quote Show me your friends and I'll show you your future I say this Show me your friends and I'll show you your present negative people will drag you down. Negative people will hinder you. Negative people will keep you from winning in life. Stay away from negative people. You can say thank you, coach, if you want. I want to tell you just this real quick. Quick story, I'm going to throw this in there, I didn't have it on paper. When I had that crazy uh, heart attack, I was having to deal with these pills I had to take. And uh, I was down, uh, I was in Churchville down towards the Tasty Freeze down there, and uh, my old elementary, 7th grade elementary coach, I seen him down there. He lives not too far from me. And uh, so I was talking to him. And I was feeling a little down on myself, and I had to take these crazy pills, and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'll never forget this. I was talking to him, and he had had a heart attack years ago, and he said, you know, I was having to take these pills and all that. And you know what he told me? He looked me right in the eye. He said, Kevin, just take them. Don't worry about it, and it'll all work out. He said, quit quit arguing and feeling bad. Just take them. And do you know that this day, I just pop them and keep going. But I had somebody that had been through what I had been through that didn't have a negative attitude. He had a positive attitude which turned my attitude around. Stay away from negative people. Now that will preach. I mean that will help you in life just period. Period. If you stay away from negative people. If you got something going on in your life, don't get around somebody who says, you know what, yeah, you probably, probably ain't going to work out too good for you. My granddaddy died with him, my brother died with him, my uncle died with him, my cousin died with it, and I'm probably going to die with it too. Thirdly, we just got an opponent called the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 uh, puts it like this, be of sober spirit, be on alert, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The enemy is constantly speaking lies into our ears. The enemy is constantly speaking half-truths in our life. His power is getting us to believe something that is not true about ourselves ourselves and others and even about God. When we have when He has accomplished that, He has won the battle. This is how the enemy stirs up disunity in the church. This is how the enemy stirs up people lying about each other. This is how the enemy makes you think a lie about another brother or sister in Christ. This is how the enemy gets people to disrespect each other. This is how the enemy gets church people fighting. The devil is the enemy of your soul, your emotions, your thought process, your thinking, your tongue, and your speaking. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. I believe a lot of us is bought into the lives of deception and the cunning devices and traps that He has set for us that makes us lose hope in this crazy time that we're living in our nation and our circumstance that we're currently in. Because the enemy, listen, is the enemy of our souls, our mind, our will. And our emotions, and if he can get inside of our mind and our emotions, that he has won the battle. Have you ever caught a call from the doctor, and the doctor says, Will you come in and see me three days from now? Or you got a report? They say, We got your report back, but we can't tell you over the phone, but can you come in five days? Well, why not bring me in tomorrow? Well, the five days, the devil's got what? he got plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to work on us. Plenty of time. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy because it's not over. It, say, it's not over. So how do, we, how do we turn all of this stuff around? I mean, how do we turn? How many of you, how many of you have wrestled with all this stuff? Looking at the scoreboard and negative people and the enemy just coming against us. The enemy, listen, the enemy's coming against us more now, church, than ever. How many agree with that? If it ain't coming from this spot, then it's coming from this spot. If it ain't coming from this spot, it's coming from this spot. But I want the enemy to know that God is about to do something mighty, and great in the church before the coming of Christ. And I'm going to be involved in it. Now, I don't know if you want to be involved in it, and I believe you do, but I want to be a part of it. And I believe it's going to happen because it's not over yet. The rapture of the church hasn't taken place yet. The trumpet has not sound yet. And so it's not over yet. I'm going to give you quick... Three quick things if you want to write these down. Number one, remember that Jesus is deeply moved by your circumstances. It doesn't matter what you're facing in your life at this moment, that Jesus is deeply moved by your circumstances. The enemy always wants us to believe that it's God is taking care of everybody else's circumstances. But God is deeply moved, Sister Ruth, about my circumstances in my life at this moment. Verse 12, it says, They said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus steps up to the reality of the circumstances and says, You know, what we do... We try to make, I think, make little or not, want to be honest, I think is the word I want to use. We don't want to really, truly be honest about what's going on in our life. We want to somehow, we want somehow want to camouflage it. We've been walking with the Lord this long. We've been walking with God this long. And then what is this one going to think about it? What is that one going to think about it? And so we are truly not honest with ourselves and with God about what's going on in our life. And it doesn't matter how little. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. It doesn't matter how little it is or how big it is. God is deeply moved. With every circumstance that's going on in our life, every one of them. Every one of them, he's deeply concerned. But we have to come to the point where we invite God, listen, invite Jesus into our circumstances. Listen to Mary Martha. They said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. But look what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, Lazarus, no, let's be honest, Lazarus is dead. No, let's be honest, I got a problem. And this is my problem, God. I had to bring a couple things to the altar yesterday evening when I come into the church. No, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But it's me, oh, Lord. I need you. I'm standing in the need of prayer. And this is what it is. Jesus says, call it like it is and invite me in. Tell me exactly what you're going through and invite me into the circumstance. And when we acknowledge or come to our senses what's really going on in our life and realize I cannot fix it, then it invites Jesus into our circumstance. And when Jesus steps into our circumstance, he then is moved with compassion on what's going on in our life. And listen, and he does something about it. God's going to do something about it, Jerry. Sister Rosemary, whatever it is, God's going to do something about it. He's not only moved with compassion, but when we invite him in, he does something about it. Look at John chapter 11, verse 33. And when Jesus saw her weeping Mary and the Jews who had come along with her weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. When Jesus stepped up to the tomb of Lazarus, he stepped right into The circumstance. Listen, there is no way that Jesus can step into your circumstance that it does not trouble him. And not be deeply moved because that is the character and who our Jesus is. So whatever you got going on in your life, invite Jesus in. He is deeply moved. And because he's Jesus and that's his character, he is automatically going to do something about it. He's just going to do something about it because I invited him. He's just going to heal me because he's Jesus. He's just going to touch my family because he's Jesus. He's just going to work my circumstances out because he's Jesus. He's just going to move in my life just because that's the character and who he is, and that is Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're going to do something about it because you're Jesus. And you cannot do nothing about it because you walked into my circumstances. And you walked up to that tomb and you did something about it. Second of all, I love this next point. Apply God's word to your current circumstance. See, Lazarus is still dead. Even though Jesus is moved with compassion, Lazarus is still dead. But just one word, just one word from the master. That's all it takes. Just one rhema word from the Master is all it takes in your circumstance. Just one word from the King of Kings. Just one word from the Lord of Lords. Just one word from Jesus Himself and your circumstances change. They will turn around. God will work on your behalf. With just one word. When the master builder stepped up to the tomb. Things happened that day. Things turned around that day. The hopeless crowd received their hope back that day. Because it was just a couple words he spoke. John 11. Jesus was deeply moved and came to the tomb. And it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Listen to the master. Take Away the stone. He said. But, but listen to Mary and Martha. But the Lord said. Martha the, the sister of the dead man. By this time there is bad odor. For he has been there four days. Now how many times do we give God excuses. About what's going on in our life. Jesus. It's no use taking away the stone. Because he's dead. And he's been dead for four days. Jesus said. Martha just take away the stone. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and then Jesus looked up and looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you are always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they that they might believe. That you have sent me. And when he said this. Jesus. Here's the word. Jesus spoke and said with a loud voice. Lazarus come forth. Now that was a Rama word spoke in season. If you will get a Rama word on your circumstance that the Holy Spirit speaks down into your spirit you hold on to that rhema word that He has spoke and you continually speak it over your circumstance. Your pastor is here to tell you it's happened over and over in my life. God will bring it to pass if you'll grab a hold of that rhema word and not let go of it. It will do whatever it come to accomplish. Then it will change your circumstance. Lastly, don't forget to take off the grave clothes before you enter your new season. I like that. Jesus said to Lazarus, come out of the grave. The Bible says the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, grab a hold of this, don't don't miss this. Jesus said to, to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let me show you what the Lord showed me when I read this. It come up out of my spirit. Jesus could have went over there and took those grave clothes off of Lazarus. I mean, come on, he just brought him out of the grave. I think he could unwrap the grave clothes off of him. But he told them to take the grave clothes off. The people that were around him. Listen, we need each other. Come on. We need each other. We need each other to help take those grave clothes off. Jesus, listen, Jesus raised him from the dead, but he gave the responsibility to those that were around him to take off the grave clothes. We need each other. Whatever you're facing in your life, invite First of all, Jesus in. And then you invite someone that you're very close to and very confidential into whatever's going on in your life. And God will make sure those grave clothes come off. Whatever you're facing in your life. Why does God do this? I'm going to close with that. Why does God do that? Why does he do that? Come on, come on. God raised him from the dead and God could have went over and wrapped those grave clothes off of him. God wants us to humble ourselves. Because some of us just think that we got it all together. We think we got this Christianity thing all together. I don't need nobody else. I'm saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and going to heaven, and I don't need nobody else. God said, I'm going to work in your life, but you're going to have to humble yourself, and you're going to have to go to another brother and sister and have them to pray with you before I completely fulfill that miracle in your life. Isn't that something how God... Wants us to humble ourselves before our brothers and sisters. There's times in my life I never got my miracle until I went to someone else and told them what was going on in my life and they prayed with me. And as they prayed with me, God started breaking those things off of my life. We need each other. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. It's not over. Let's say it again. It's not over. Hallelujah. It's not over. I, I feel good this morning because it's not over. I don't care what... Well, I'm in this current circumstance in my life right now. It, it, it's the current circumstance that you're in. But it's not over when Jesus steps into that circumstance. That circumstance is going to change. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. God, I just feel good that there's things in our life that we're facing right now. And God, as I got into this story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and i seen God as all of these things unfolded, God. But Father, it's not over. Oh, that health report, that's what the doctor says, but it's not over. Uh, uh, that marriage Uh, it's not over, hallelujah. That financial situation that somebody's facing this morning and the bills are all stacked up and they don't know what they're going to do, I'd like to tell them that God has a plan because it's not over. That relationship that feels like that, it's uh, going downhill, God says, I've got it, it's not over. That family member that seems like it's going astray, God said, I'm going to save them because it is not over. Them grandkids that I just keep worrying about, I'm not going to have to keep worrying about them because God said it's not over. Because I'm about to walk up to the tomb. I'm about to walk up in your current circumstance, and I'm about to change it. Oh, I love that for 4 days said he's he's dead he stinks but Jesus said it's not over. Father, we thank you this morning. We're going to walk over we're going to walk out of here. We're going to walk out of here by faith. And we're going to look at our circumstances this week and we're going to keep saying it over and over in our spirit it is not Jesus. over. We're going to get a rhema word on our circumstance, and we're going to speak it over our circumstance, and we're going to watch God bring it to pass because it's not over. Father, we thank you for you are a good, good father. You have everything laid out for us, and you're going to perform miracles in our life. And God, I can't wait to see your power and your presence be manifested in our church like never before. God, I ask you to add to this church right in this pandemic. I know for reasons there's people not here. For good reasons they might not be here. But God, you still got great and mighty things because it is not over in our life no matter what we face. God, people that need a healing in their body, I want to tell them this morning, let them know. It's not over. Because the man of Galilee is right here with us this morning. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's close out with this one verse, honey, before you we...
0: Are, we make her
2: Waymaker, miracle
0: worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness.
1: My God, that is to you. Are.
2: Oh, hallelujah. You are. glad to be in God's house today. Amen. How many you believe God's going to work your circumstance out today? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Uh, I hope you have a great week in the Lord. Be praying for the church. Be praying for what God wants to do uh, in our midst. I believe God's got something great He wants to do in our church. Can you say amen? God's got something great He wants to do in your life. Hallelujah.